Um, I'm here to share around this, this idea of pursuing um, for more of God through his word. Pursuing God through his word. And so I'm going to read a couple of, a couple of verses in um, James uh, chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. And they're going to come on the screen in a wee minute. But just to set up what I want to share this morning. See, one of the things that we know as followers of Jesus, or maybe you're in here and you're not a Christian, that's great, it's so good to see you this morning, but we know that this is the Word of God, this is the Holy, Holy Spirit-inspired Word, but also I am very well aware that as a Christian, it is also the one thing that we struggle with a lot, is trying to consume it, trying to read it every day. It's the one thing that we know that if you ask a random in the street, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, you go to church and you read your Bible. But if I was to ask you today, this morning, what is the one thing that you struggle with being a Christian? It would be reading your Bible, wouldn't it? it would be, it's the struggle. It's the thing that we know that we need to do. It's the thing that we know we have to do. But it's also the one thing that is such a difficult thing. It's the one thing that we keep putting off. It's the one thing that we feel guilty about doing. We don't read it enough. We don't get into the Word enough. We don't study it enough. And so I could come this morning and just bombard you with, here, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. But for me, it doesn't work. And so what I want to try to do is this morning, I want to try and change your perspective. I want to try and change your perspective of what this is and, and try and make it something in the physical world that you can relate to and I can relate to and we can understand and walk out knowing not condemned because we don't read this enough, but encouraged to go out and, and I want to do this because I see the significance and importance of this. And so I want to look at James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25, and it says this, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and then you forget what you look like. Verse 25 goes on to say, But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Since so only a couple of verses, let me read it again. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word of God and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. Verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, excuse me, then God will bless you for doing it. So um, I worked out the other day that Kelsey and I have been married for just over five months. Um, and marriage is, is a good laugh, like, isn't it? Um, there's an interesting. But it's, it's fun because it, it gives you so many, like, just fun preaching stories. Kelsey's like, oh, dear, what is it this week? But um, we, when, and some of you, it doesn't even need to be married to understand this. It's just, as we've been married, we've now got a house. And so there's certain responsibilities that come with the house. And so some of you are like, yeah, this is normal. Welcome to married life. Um, but there's some of these things that we have learned along the way. Um, and you'll, you'll relate to this as well. There's certain things in life and in a home and just having responsibilities where you know what you need to do, but you just don't do it. <laughs> and so marriage, you're like, you're 25, mate. You should have realized that like when you were 10. Why are you only working that out now? But there's certain things you just realized like that you know what you need to do, but you just don't do it. 
Um, and, and we've, me and Kelsey have had the, this conversation this week because Kelsey has to get up early to go to, she drives to Kilkeel, um, an hour and a half, so we're going to pray that she gets the job closer to home. Um, but she gets up uh, and she leaves at about 7.15 um, to travel to work. I haven't seen 7.15 ever, so <laughs> let me know what it looks like. But 7.15, and then I'll usually get up about quarter to eight, eight, quarter past eight, half eight, quarter to nine, something around between the hours of sort of eight and 12. Um, but I will get up, and, and my job and my responsibility is to make the bed. And now I feel like I'm going to start like some domestics in here because there's going to be elbows flinging and everything. But I sort of, my excuse is to make the bed is it takes too long, and it doesn't. Like... I think I timed myself the other day at a slow pace, and it was two minutes, so it really could be quicker than that. But I know what I need to do. In fact, I could tell you right now how to make a bed. Like, I know the procedure. I know it all. I just don't do it. Like, I know what I need to do. I just don't do it. Uh, another thing as well is the dishes. We're privileged in our house to have a dishwasher. Um, and so I know where the dishwasher is. I know how it works now. And so when my dinner is finished, like, I know what I need to do. I just don't do it. Like... I put them, the dishes in the vicinity of the dishwasher slash just anywhere in the kitchen. Um, but they don't get washed. I just actually need to put them in the dishwasher. Um, in our house as well, we have um, one of our rooms is like a, a wardrobe. And in the corner has um, like two wash bags, one's for like the whites and one's for just everything else. And again, you know, when you have your dirty laundry, like I know where it needs to go. Like, but I just don't do it. Again, it goes like in the vicinity or... It'll nearly get there. And there's just a lot of things that, that I do in our everyday life that I know what to do, but I just don't do it. But here's the thing with that. You see, I can know what to do, but not doing it is not going to transform it. But here's the, here's the point I want to make about this, and I'll, I'll drive it home the rest of this morning, is doing, not knowing, leads to transforming. Doing something... Not knowing leads to transforming. I know how to use the dishwasher. I know the partial tablets we need to buy, I think. And I know that, I know that you open the door and you pull the drawer and you put the dishes in. And the plates go in a certain way and the cups go in the top. I know it all. But I just don't do it. But that's not going to wash the dishes. Actually knowing what to do and then doing it is going to lead to the dishes being cleaned. These are like... Where's the Bible come in here, mate? Talk about that, because I don't care about your issues in everyday life. Let me get it off the chest. Um, and again, with the laundry, I know where, what I need to do, but if I actually do it, it will lead to the transformation. It will lead to the, the clothes getting washed. It will lead to the dishes getting washed. It will lead to the bed getting made if I know what to do, but if I actually do it. And in our lives, there's so many other things just like that. Studying. We know what we need to do, we just don't do it. But if we actually did it, there would be transformation. Saving money. We know how to save money. There's all these accounts, there's all these saving. But we know what we need to do, but unless we do it, it will not transform anything. Going to the gym, exercising, eating well. We know, we know what the foods we need to eat. Some people are, are experts in this and knowing what to eat and what not to eat. And, but it's not, and Phil spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, it's not knowing all about it that's going to transform your life. But it's actually doing it. It's actually doing, eating well. It's actually going out for a walk or going to the gym or blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is, it's doing those things that will lead to transformation in your life. 
And let me stay on that, that topic of eating, the, the, the eating habits, because we understand physically. And the physical world, whatever you eat, whatever you consume physically, will, will benefit your physical life. Isn't that correct? Whatever you eat physically on a day-to-day, it will help your physical life. That's a no-brainer. We all understand that. We all accept that. But likewise, spiritually, whatever we consume or whatever we eat will lead to or benefit or not benefit our spiritual lives. And so if we look again, because I really believe that scripturally and biblically, a lot of things that we are taught in the physical parallel very well into the spiritual. And so let's look at what most people's day-to-day, most people would have roughly three to four square meals a day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, some people have supper, whatever. Now this is average. I know that this changes for a lot of people. But just on average, usually three, four meals a day, maybe two snacks a day, maybe one to two snacks. And there's a, there's a normal person's daily intake physically of what they physically consume. And then let's look at what we would consume spiritually. Now again, average, I'm not saying everyone does this. I don't want to offend anyone. But sometimes a lot of us could go through a full week and all we get is maybe two meals a week on a Sunday. We'll just come and, and maybe we might get something on a Wednesday if we come out. But, and I'm not saying all of you, because I know some of you will actually are really committed to this and you, you will read all the time and study all the time. But if we're honest, we struggle with this a lot. And so spiritually, it's maybe two meals a week on a, on a, on a Sunday, Sunday morning and a Sunday night if you come out. And if a Wednesday, well, then you have three. Now, imagine if you just had three wee snacks slash meals a week physically. You could not do it. You could not carry out your daily tasks. You could, it would be very, very difficult to get through your week physically by just eating three small meals the full week. You would be physically malnourished. And spiritually, church, with not consuming, not being hearers and doers of this word, not even hearing sometimes necessarily what the, the Bible says, then we can be spiritually malnourished. Spiritually malnourished. And if I wasn't to eat for a while physically, if I wasn't to eat food for a while, and some of you will get this, maybe between if you don't have a meal in the morning and it comes to lunchtime, you feel hungry, don't you? You have those hunger pangs. And if you're physically hungry, there is, there is symptoms to it. There are symptoms to your physical hunger. The, the weird one is when your stomach starts talking and you're like, that's so embarrassing. Is that me? You sure? It wasn't you. Uh, the, the stomach starts talking. Uh, we, we feel weak at times. Muscularly, we feel weak. We feel tired. There's an emptiness in our stomach. And so what happens? Well, when you feel those signs, what do you do? You go to the fridge or you go to the shop. You grab something to eat because you recognize that there are symptoms there, that you are physically hungry. There are symptoms that you recognize. I know that this is time to go and get some food. And so we go and get some food. Because we realize and recognize this is important that I eat. This is important for my physical health that I go and eat. And it's very obvious to the outside world. Have you ever had someone tell you, like, you look, you look rough this morning, or you look like you need something to eat? You're like, great, thanks very much. <laughs> Any other encouraging things to say to me? But the, the issue, though, is spiritually... It can go, you can go under the surface. Spiritually, your, your hunger, spiritually, can be quite subtle. And, and some of you are like, I don't even know what spiritual hunger looks like. 
Because the thing is, we recognize physical hunger very quickly and very well, but spiritually, how we, if we're hungry or malnourished, we don't really recognize what that is. And because life just goes at such a quick pace, you can get through church and then you're thinking about Monday morning, work or Tuesday, you're thinking all the things you have to do this week and you're just considering jumping from one thing to the other that you don't even realize. I don't even know if I'm, if I'm spiritually hungry or not. I don't even know if I'm spiritually malnourished. I could be right now and I don't even know what the symptoms are. And sometimes it can just go under the surface, be very subtle and we just get on with our lives not realizing that we are spiritually malnourished. Spiritually, we need fed. And again, like he says, as physical malnourishment has symptoms, so does being spiritually malnourished. Some of these things may, may, may speak out to you as I say them. But if you're in here and you're discouraged about something, that is usually a sign that you need spiritually fed because this Bible has so many things to tell you not to be discouraged, so many verses to tell you to lift your head. You may be in here, you're... You feel a bit hopeless in your life. You feel a bit hopeless in your situations. That would oftentimes is a sign that you're spiritually malnourished because the Bible talks so much about that Jesus will bring hope to your life and God can bring hope to your situations and bring hope to the hopeless. But unless we are hearers and doers of the word, then we won't know that for our lives. Feeling competitive, feeling, feeling bitter, feeling jealous, envious, these are all things that will usually be symptoms of your life because the Bible, this book will tell us this is a, a, a manual of how to actually take these things, take what the Bible says and apply it to your life and, and then you will not feel these symptoms anymore because you will be able to see this is what the Bible says, this is what my spiritual food says, this is what this book is telling me to do, to be hearers and doers of this word and when I do it, well, I'm not going to feel those symptoms any longer. And if you're here and some of those things that I have shared, some of those symptoms or things that have spoke out to you, then maybe, maybe it is you starting to recognize, maybe I am, I need some spiritual food. Maybe I have just been thinking, do you know what, going along to church twice is good enough. And listen, this is important. This is so important that we come to church and we do community and we hear what, what the Bible is saying, preached. But church, I want to encourage you, and, and it's something that I need to know as well. If this is all that we are getting through the week, then we are going to struggle. Because I'll tell you one thing, the enemy is not going to be like, oh, wait, like you had your wee Sunday meal, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll leave you alone. Every day he's going to come at us, every day he's going to challenge us, every single day. And if we're just going on two wee spiritual meals on a Sunday for the whole week, we are going to feel these symptoms again. But as every day we need to be people who are hearers of this word, we need to know what it says. We need to spend time in the morning. But we don't just need to know what it says because doing, not knowing, leads to transforming. In James, in the passage that we have read, it says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. For if you listen to the word, if you listen to the word and don't do bad, and it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you carefully uh, but if you look carefully, sorry, into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. First thing you do when you get up in the morning is you maybe go into the bathroom. And like when you walk into our bathroom, the first thing you see is the mirror. And sometimes in the morning when I walk in, it's a scary sight. I'm like, dear bless us all. Kelsey, bless you for marrying me. <laughs> do you know what I look like this? 
But sometimes what we do is we go in and we start to get ready and we see our face and we see like a sleep in my eyes and eye boogies and my hair's all over the place and like all just dirt all over my face and drool and everything. That's not me, I'm perfect when I wake up. But we see all these things and imagine walking in in the morning and looking into the mirror and seeing your face and seeing, oh, I need to do a bit of work, I need to brush my teeth, I've got a bit of something in my teeth and all these things you need to do. And you look and you recognize that I need to change this or I need to do that. And then just walking away and not doing anything about it. Some of you are, are having the corner even thinking about that. You're like, dear bless all, I couldn't walk out of the house like that. And, but oftentimes what we do is we come to church and we do the same thing. We read what the Bible says. We hear what the, the Bible says. We, we're, it's pointing out. The Holy Spirit is convicting and pointing out things of our lives that we are not doing right, that maybe are out of place. And we know I need to change that. It's a bit like looking in the mirror. I know I need to brush my teeth. I need to fix my blah, 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 blah. And then just walking away and doing nothing about it. Knowing what you need to do in the morning is not going to transform how you look or your appearance or, or your hygiene. It's not going to transform that. But doing what it says will transform that. And what's, that's what James is saying in this passage that if we come into the, the time of God, if we come into reading what his word says, if we come into study times, if we come into church, and, and we know what this is saying, but we do nothing about it, and we are walking away with, with things in our lives that need fixed, with our attitude, with our behavior, with our actions, with our words, knowing that it needs fixed, but doing nothing about it. We need to remember that doing, not knowing, leads to transforming. James 4, 17 goes on to say, remember this, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It is sin to know what you've got to do but not do it. And so some of you in here, maybe already, I would, I would probably guess already this morning God has been speaking to some, some of you about what you need to do, about some decisions you need to make, about some things in your life that you need to change and move out of the way. Maybe right now you've been challenged that, you know what, I need to get into this book a bit more. I need, to, I need to hear more about God's heart. I need to understand more about him. If you know that you ought to do it, but don't do it, it is, it is sin, disobedience. I'm not here to condemn us, but it is a challenge for us to know what to do, but actually putting it into action. Because Luke 11:20 it says, even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Blessed are you if you know what to do and put it into practice. Blessed are you if you take what this Bible says, if you take the heart and the words of God, knowing it and then doing it, you will be blessed. I saw this quote that said, wholehearted acceptance of the word must result in active obedience to the word. Wholehearted acceptance of the word must result in active obedience to the word. You see, Christianity is about following Jesus. I love that phrase, actually, following Jesus. I, I would use that often. Why? Because following Jesus is an action. I can stand up here, and I know it's, I'm arguing semantics here, but I can stand up here and say I'm a Christian, and that's great. It's given me a title. But I love the idea of following Jesus because I'm still following him. I'm still doing something. I can't follow someone by just not doing anything. I can't follow Jesus by just standing here. And so being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus requires action. It requires us to do something. It requires us to be hearers and doers of the word. 
It requires you to come into church or whatever your, your time with God. Hear what he has sent to you and do something about it. If you're in here and you've, you've maybe heard church that to be a Christian, you just need to come into, you need to just come into church and, 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 and read your Bible. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm sorry, but I'm going to enlighten you that that is not what it means to be a follower of Jesus. There was a quote a guy said, going to church doesn't make you a Christian as much as standing in a garage makes you a car. Because we can come into church and we can sing the songs and we can push all the right buttons. But that doesn't make us followers of Jesus. Followers of Jesus, when we hear what is said and do it. Followers of Jesus, when we, we take what his, his heart, his mind, his emotions, his characteristics, this is the heart of God. If we take this and apply it to our lives, then we are followers of Jesus. Romans 10, 9, a, a passage that we you know quite well, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now there's two parts to that, isn't there? There's the belief, there's the inside, there's the emotion, there's the feeling, there's the faith of believing that he has been raised from the dead. But what's the first bit? It's an action. It's confessing with your mouth. The two go in hand in hand. And you, if you know some of the stuff in the book of James, there's a lot of scholars and theologians, and some of us here like, I don't even need to know about this, but some of the, the scholars and theologians will argue that he is contradicting what Paul says. Paul says that we're saved by grace, and, and James saying, no, but we, but we need to do works. The things go hand in hand. Romans 10 9 has tell us to go hand in hand. We have the belief, the faith, and the action, the confession, doing something. And so, yes, church, we need to be people of faith, we need a people who believe what we have not seen yet. But we need to be people who are doers, who hear and do something. You know, I, we all have such a heart to see this community one for Jesus, don't we? We all have our, a heart to see your street, your neighbors one for Jesus. But we need to be hearers and then doers of that. Because knowing what to do is not going to transform their lives. But doing something is going to transform their lives. I also believe right now, I had to jot this down because I feel like the Holy Spirit in here is speaking to some people. Two types of people, just before I move on to, to tie this up, I feel like the Holy Spirit is maybe speaking to some people already about what I've said. And one of them is I feel like you need to make a decision to be planted. You maybe know that you need to be planted, you know it, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, it's time to not just know, but to do something about it, to be planted, to get involved. And also I feel like the other person, the other group that the Holy Spirit is maybe speaking to is, you know that you need to make a decision to follow Jesus. You know it, you know it. You've been to church a few times before, but I feel like he's saying now, it's time to do. It's time to not just be here, but be doers. Because doing, not knowing, leads to transforming. I'm going to ask Johnny to, to come up and just play softly in the background as I bring us the close. A couple of, I think when I was about 18, I, I, I left school and I started a, a course, a tech course, but I also realized I had a lot more free time. So I started to join the gym. I started to join the gym and, and I started getting into exercise and things, but at this time, my, my dad was shocking. Like, I'm talking going to the Golden Arches, McDonald's, and go ordering four double cheeseburgers. Don't judge me. I had a fifth, and then had to take the next day off school because of the second. But I really, my dad was shocking. I know, now, to be fair, like, 
In terms of my strictness with the gym, it was quite good. I was maybe going five or six days a week. Like, I just loved the place, couldn't get out of it. And so I was training as hard as I could and working out and things, but my dad was shocking. And so I remember knowing and reading all about what I should eat, what I should consume. I'm not doing it because a double cheeseburger at McDonald's, like, come on. And so I remember knowing what I needed to do, but not doing it. Just kept working out five or six days a week, slogging my guts out, but eating just whatever I wanted. But I knew that eating and what I consumed would be so much more beneficial. And so then I remember making a decision along the way, right, I'm going to start eating well. I'm really going to start eating well. This is it. Like, I'm going to, I'll go to the gym and I'll start eating well. And I started to change what I was consuming. I started to change what I was taking in. And straight away, I would have noticed a difference. Straight away, I would have noticed a difference in my physical health. Straight away, I would have noticed there was transformation happening because I knew what I needed to do. And then I started to do it. And I noticed the transformation immediately in my life. I started to react better to the tough situations of life because of what I was consuming. And so I believe that in here, some of you are maybe going through some tough situations in your life, some difficult circumstances. And if you would only change what you were consuming spiritually, you would notice an immediate impact in your life. You would notice that hopelessness that you're going through by opening up this word and hearing what God says about people who are hopeless, that your life would be transformed immediately. Not just because you know what to do, but because you are doing it. Some of you in here have, have fear of the future or fear of your life at the minute. And you know what the Bible says and you sort of know that you should turn to it. But actually, if we were to be people who would open this up, hear what the, the Holy Spirit is saying and do every single day, so we're having regular snacks, regular meals, spiritually, we would notice an immediate transformation in our lives. It's quite interesting that if you look again at the physical idea of your health, do you know there are so many things that you can change your, about the physical health of your body simply by changing what you eat? So, so many things. If you're in here and you're, we'll see Sarah, after and she'll give us all the, the dietetics behind it. But there's so many things that just simply by changing what you eat will fix your physical health. And I believe that is so bang on spiritually. If we will change what we're consuming spiritually, if we would start to consume this every single day, you would notice some of those symptoms going. Hopelessness, bitterness, anger, hatred, frustration, resentment, fear, doubt, worry, gone. Because we're being fed spiritually every single day. Church, I want to say this. I believe, I really believe we will see a breakthrough in this church and in our community when there is a shift from being hearers to doers. I truly believe that. Because do you know what the great thing is? So many of you actually know what we need to be doing. I know what we need to be doing. But if I start to shift from not knowing it and doing it, there will be change in this place. See those green seats sitting beside you with, that, are, that are empty? We'll see people sitting in them. When we go from being hearers to doers, I'm going to ask the band to come and join me as I just finish up now. Martin Luther said this, the world does not need a definition of religion. 
as much as it needs a demonstration. The world doesn't need a definition of religion as much as it needs a demonstration. Dundonald doesn't need a definition of religion as much as it needs a demonstration. Your street doesn't need a definition of religion as much as it needs a demonstration. The person you work with doesn't need a definition of religion as much as it needs a demonstration. It needs action. It needs us to be hearers and doers of the words. It needs us to take this and apply it to our everyday lives. And so what do we do? Coming to the end of this, what do we do? I would love for the next week to give you a bit of a, a challenge. I'd love you for the next week. This could be costly. But I'd love you for the next week. Every time you sit down for a meal, physical meal, I would love you to match it with something, a spiritual meal. It'd be a laugh when you come back next week, be like, Davey, I've had two days. I've had two meals this week because it just could be bored with the Bible. <laughs> this could be detrimental. But I would love if every time you sit down this week, you have a physical meal, you would match it with a spiritual meal. If that means you sit down for a dinner for 15 minutes, then spend 15 minutes seeking the Word of God. Spend 15 minutes in His presence. If you're in grabbing a coffee, just sit in the coffee with a coffee, stick some earphones in, read, read the Bible, read the U version app in your phone. There's wee daily things every day. Every time you sit and have a physical meal this week, match it up with a spiritual meal. And then come back next week, and I could guarantee probably that a lot of those things that you struggle with, a lot of those things you've maybe came into church with this morning will be gone in a week's time. You, they may, the, the situation in your life may not be gone, but your response and your reaction to it will be gone, I believe. Why? Because we are being spiritually fed. We're being spiritually fed. I don't think you can ever be spiritually full, but you can definitely be spiritually malnourished. And so this week, that is my charge to you. That every time you have a meal physically, I want you to have a meal spiritually. If it's just a verse, be a doer of it. Digest it. How do I apply this to my life, God? Holy Spirit, how do I ask, put this in my life? I want you to stand with me as I, as I pray for us and charge us to go out and be hearers and doers. Father God, we pray for every single life in here this morning, God. God, we thank you that your spirit is speaking. And so God, we pray this morning. Would you challenge us? Would you charge us? And would you commission us to go and take your word and be hearers and doers of it, Father God. God, I pray for those who, who this morning know what to do. God, I pray that you would encourage them, give us boldness this morning, God, to go and do it, to go and do what your word says. Father God, I pray for those who are maybe struggling in here this morning, who maybe have just realized this morning that maybe I am spiritually malnourished, maybe I need fed. God, I pray this week, as they sit down to have a meal physically, God, that you would just feed them spiritually, that you would just pour out over them, God, that they would walk away, walk in, coming into next week, going, I spent time with God this week, and he has changed my circumstances. God, we pray that you would make that shift in this church, God, a shift from being, from being hearers to doers, God. God, as we start to walk out, as we start to live out what your word says, God, I pray that we would see many one into the kingdom, God. I pray we would see this place filled with people who come to know Jesus, God. Because there is a shift from us being hearers to doers, God. God, we are coming to worship you and thanking you, God. Would you charge us? Would you commission us? And would you not let us forget this this week, God, as we go into our workplaces to be hearers, 
and the be doers of your word. 